God, have I ever said words before? I don't think so. I think this is it. This is the first time I've spoken in my whole life. joining the Escape With Me book club. Escape with me, Sam Reiner. And me, Danielle. Enter our most recent read. Come with us as we evade reality and go into detail about a new book. We'll be covering the book from beginning to end, so there will be spoilers. Today we are going to England. Current day, I guess. Published in December 2019, The Silent Patient took the reading world by storm, debuting at number one on the New York Times bestseller list and later won the Goodreads Choice Award in the mystery and thriller category. Alicia Bernison murdered her husband in cold blood and then went silent. She is admitted to a secure forensics unit to try to cure her of this strange affliction. Theo Faber finds this case fascinating and goes above and beyond the call of duty, even stepping past ethical boundaries to find the truth. Will Alicia ever speak again? What really happened that night? Can Theo solve this mystery or will he find himself buried by it? So this is age level adult. That tracks. Yeah. I feel like if I was 15 reading this, I would not like it. Content warning. Definitely language, sex, sexual assault, violence, blood, gore, needles, death of a spouse, self-mutilation, suicidal ideations, and child abuse. It is a dark one. Mental illness is really dived in to that's actually the whole point of the book isn't it this woman potentially has a mental illness and they're trying to figure out why she murdered her husband and then never spoke again well and theo is a psychotherapist so he is specifically with the mental illnesses i thought yeah he's definitely something else the one really weird thing about this was the trial and having to remind myself that it's london not the u.s because there's this moment where she doesn't say anything and the judge is like well clearly that means you're guilty. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Anytime I don't read a book set in the US, it's kind of tricky because it's like, is this normal or are you just being a lazy author? (laughs) Have you done any research about trials? And then it's like, oh, no, no, no. They're not from here. They don't go here. They don't get Fifth Amendment. That's basically how the story starts is we kind of get an intro to Theo and then we get a massive intro into Alicia. And then he's just like, yep. And now he has a job as her therapist. That is the plot. That is the setup. Well, and maybe because I was doing the audiobooks, I didn't realize her points of view were from a diary. Really? I mean, they clearly state the date and time and whatever, but I thought it was just flashbacks, which technically, I mean, I guess it is because it's a diary from the past. But for me, it felt like when they try and do the split. Yeah. I think it was just because of how I listened to it. So I did the audiobook. I still loved it because I love when stories do that. So I did like it, but I was halfway through the book before I realized it was her diary. Like, I'm so stupid. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, doesn't it say Alicia's journal? I don't have the book on me. I don't know. I'm an idiot. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe the audiobook didn't say that. I don't know. I read the book. I didn't listen to it. I don't know. Maybe you totally missed it. I don't know. If it was supposed to, I think it did. But I was pretty far in. Maybe not halfway. Maybe a quarter of the way. But that's a decent bit into a book. And to not realize. I can totally see you starting a book and then having to go do something and then coming back and forgetting it too. Well, and when they stay in her point of view, it's for a while. It's full chapters. And then they go back to his for a couple chapters. Yeah, the early ones are kind of short on her. I wasn't really super excited about it because that style can be done really well or really bad. Maybe that's part of it. But once she started getting into the stalker stuff, those were my favorite chapters. Yeah, I think it's because she was such a mystery, but 
her beginning stuff was boring. Okay, this guy's obsessed with you, but why? Not that I initially sided with Theo at all. I was never like, man, this guy, this is who I'm rooting for. I was trying to just use his parts to get to Alicia. Anytime they premise a book with, and then they never spoke again. You know, at some point, they're gonna say something. They're gonna give some clue and deep insight. Oh yeah. But it did take a while. But I was never like, oh, I love his story. He's so fascinating. He was he was pretty boring. Yeah, that was the thing because it wasn't so much I like Theo as a character because the author makes a point of making him as blank slate as possible for a reason that you find out at the end. He's super blank slate and you learn little things about him as you go on. But even when it was things like, oh, he's getting cheated on by his girlfriend. There was no empathy or sympathy for this guy. Yeah, it was just like, oh, that sucks. You should really leave her. And then he's like, and I stayed. I'm like, oh my gosh. He stayed and he was talking about having sex with her and all these random really but you hate her yeah you don't love her i think that was the first tip off that something was wrong with him there might have been some others that i missed but it definitely was like "Mm, red flag buddy you're no as time goes on there are a lot more red flags i don't think necessarily how he reacted to the cheating and her i was like okay he's trying to denial all that whatever i think it started getting really messy when he started following her and being like i want to murder this guy Yeah, it jumped from zero to 60 immediately. And I know it was because it was at the end of the book and they were trying to not leave any clues. But I feel like that big giant twist at the end was not... I know it's a twist, so you're not supposed to see it coming, but I feel like he didn't do any real lead up for it. At the very end, it was like, oh, okay, something's wrong with this dude. He's following her. I don't know. I think the lead up was the dramatic irony that you knew everything from Alicia's side. Okay, we're going to really jump to the end, I guess. (laughs) And there was the point at the end where he was like, and I followed her around the lake. I'm like, oh my gosh, that matches the journal. Why does this match the journal? It wasn't any lead up necessarily, but at the end, you were like, what? Wait a second. It caught me off guard. It did. Oh, yeah. No, it got me too. I didn't trust him as a character, even when he wasn't doing anything sketchy. The fact that he was obsessed with her, trying to mess with her medication, and he needed to be the one to save her. Yeah. See, you called him straight out. I totally bought it. I was like, yeah, he's trying to help her. I thought he was obsessing over her because it's like, oh, I can control this and make this better where my home life is so terrible and blah, 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 blah. No, I got sketch vibes immediately. As soon as he goes to the grove for her to help her because he doesn't have any other patients there. She is it. And that's weird. I think he has some other ones. It's just we only see him with Alicia. She's definitely his obsession. Oh, yeah. And I will agree. I did think it was super weird that he was like, I have decided that I will be the one to be able to do this because I read about your case. And it makes more sense at the end why he picked her. But yeah, in the beginning, you're just like, what? Why have you decided to obsess over this random woman? It is a fascinating case. And honestly, if I was a psychotherapist and I saw this case on the news, I would be so curious, especially if they're all in London or wherever in England. Yeah, I'd be fascinated. I would definitely want to get in on this action. But it's six years later, I think. It's a long time. Yeah, and you're totally right. And he basically gave up his career to do it in a way because he went from this really well-funded place to a place that's closing down at any time. Yeah, it's for her. 
It's so creepy. I was trying to look up the narrator's voice because they did Alicia with a different actress and then they had a different guy do him. And maybe it was just his voice. Ooh, I wonder if, yeah. I was so suspicious of this dude. Yeah, I wonder if the tone is what tipped you off. Because when I was reading it, I don't know, maybe I read too many detective novels and this stuff happens all the time where they'll hear a scrap of information about an interesting case and they'll drop everything and go solve the thing. So maybe I'm just prone to being like, okay, yeah, you know, Bowser stole the princess. Mario's gonna go find her. Maybe I'm just too used to the narrative. Yeah, no. I don't know if it was dude's voice or if it really was just the writing. Because on the other hand of the coin, I do not listen to hardly any mysteries or read any. I've had a couple here recently that I've been listening to since I've basically been strictly doing audiobooks. But at the same time that I was listening to this one, I was also reading a book called The One, which they turned into a TV series, which was pretty good. They don't follow the same plot at all together. But at the time, there was a character in the book that's a serial killer kind of thing. Not kind of, he definitely was. And just the way that guy was written was giving me the vibes that Theo did. And maybe if I didn't read them together, I wouldn't have initially been like, man, Theo's gross. Something's wrong with this dude. Yeah, I've done that. But I was piecing things together. From the second he started looking in at her at the Grove, I was like, no. Because even if he was trying to white savior, save this girl, that complex. Yeah, white knight this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mixing that up with something else, I think. But even if he wasn't trying to white knight her, it's gross. I felt very uncomfortable. Anytime Theo was talking, I was like, nope. Yeah, and I definitely think there were points in the book where he tries to scapegoat Alicia. It's like Christian being like, oh, she has BPD. That makes her super alluring. She's trying to attract you. Like, it's her fault that this is happening. But even while that was happening, I was noticing things. I was like, Theo, you should know better. Well, I think it's just the author. I honestly thought it was written by a woman. Really? Just because of the way that every man in this story is a villain or could be a villain. Truth! Oh my goodness. Halfway through when it was like, oh, someone tried to kill Alicia. I was like, it could literally be any of the guys here. Any of these people. Any of them. There was the art studio guy who was definitely stealing her artwork or whatever ended up happening with that guy. He was obsessed with her, but he just wanted her money. Yeah, that was a very interesting obsession. And then the cousin wasn't great and her dad was a piece of garbage and her husband. And then all of the guys at the therapist's place, there was was Yuri was selling drugs and the main guy was so sketchy to me. I thought it was him from the beginning when he was like, hey, I want her to come to my therapy place. That gave me question vibes. Christian or the other one? No, the guy that was in charge of the place who gave his expert testimony about, oh, this is a psychiatric oh, yeah, break, yeah, yeah. so she needs to go to a mental institution instead of just to jail. Oh, and by the way, it should totally be mine. Please come to my forensic unit. You you know, like it was just, I don't know. That tipped me off. Like that was weird. Yeah. And Christian gave off rapey vibes. They never said anything happened, but the way he kept trying to be like, oh, she's so alluring because she's got this disorder. And it's, I don't know, every single male character in this novel. Yeah. Cause there was the one woman who was in charge of the finances where it's like, oh, she's technically a bad thing. Cause she doesn't understand what you actually need. But at the same time, it was like her entire job was trying to keep the place open. Yeah. And so yeah. Okay. Yeah. She sucks because budget 
but at the same time, she didn't really do anything wrong. And then there was the one lady who was super sweet. Oh, Kathy. Yeah. And then the rest of the characters, well, I guess Katie, the fiance, was kind of the worst. <laughs> or Kathy. Good. I can't even remember. Not even worth it. She's irrelevant. I guess she has some villainy in her. I don't even know if villainy is the right word for all of them. Sketchiness. Let's just say sketchiness. Yeah. But yeah, you're totally right. Every male character could have done it. Especially whenever Alicia starts saying that a masked man is following her. Yeah. I mean, there weren't really any female characters in Alicia's story because everybody she knows is a man. I think there was her sister-in-law and then technically her aunt, but she wasn't really in the story. Oh, the neighbor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Her. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot about her. Her not best friend, Barbie or something. It was something dumb. Yeah, so there was her. But yeah, none of them I don't think would have done it, I guess I say. I don't think any of them would have stalked him. I did like how they kept it in between Ruth and psychosis because it was like is she imagining this? Is this a real person? And personally, I chose to believe it because I was like, this is going to be something trippy weird where she's telling the truth. There's a person there and everyone's not going to believe her and it leads to some sort of psychotic break. Honestly, that would have been a good twist though if it had been fake the whole time and she's like, nah, I just murdered my husband. No reason, just murdered him. I don't know if I would have been satisfied with that. Well, same. Because it feels like it would just kind of be a cop out like, oh my gosh, the mentally ill woman killed her husband. And now she does all of this for attention. That wouldn't have been as satisfying, I think. I know, but honestly, probably more believable than what actually happened in this story, which is part of the twist and part of why we love it. But that's why we write fiction. I don't know. I think my books are either YA ridiculous dystopian novels or I want a real story that could happen. <laughs> I don't think mystery thriller genres are for me. Yeah. Long term. But even watching movies, Inception is ridiculous and... I'm trying to think of other thrillers, but I haven't really watched any. Invisible Man was pretty cool. I honestly cannot name any other, and I don't even think either of those are. I think they're good for you. It's always good to try out different genres and stuff. That's why I'm still trying romance. <laughs> but yeah, I totally get that. It's not, hey, I'm going to go to the mystery and suspense section and buy a bunch of books. I get that. I do have to say, listening to them as audiobooks, I think I enjoy versus reading it. Yeah. Because I get so frustrated reading it on the page and being like, Ugh, I know what's happening and then I'll try and skip full chapters. Holy man, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I like mystery books. <laughs> I really don't. I'm like, oh, let me see what's going to happen. I don't care. See, I ended up reading this in like two days because I could not put it down. But I'll do that for a couple lines. Like I'll find myself only reading the dialogue instead of all of the stuff with the dialogue. And so I'll have to go back and actually read the paragraph. But I have never skipped an entire chapter of a book. Well, it definitely would have been easier for me on this one because I probably would have skipped a whole bunch of Theo's stuff if I was physically reading it because they have it marked off when they character jump between two different ones. I usually have one that I enjoy reading and then the other one is just there to move along the plot. Yeah. And honestly, in the beginning, I probably would have skipped most of Alicia's. Yeah, I will say the beginning of Alicia's stuff is kind of meh. And then whenever it got interesting finally, I definitely would have skipped most of Theo's stuff because I lost traction of him. Yeah. And it sucks because he was doing most of the actual storytelling 
Yeah, the filling in the gaps where he talks to the brother and then talks to Paul. Well, and obviously I would have missed a lot skipping that, but physically reading, I don't know if I could have read this book. Audiobooks are good for you. Yes. It's knowing what your strengths are. I've got a couple sisters and one of them loves reading and then the other one hasn't read a book since she left high school and it's like, get an audiobook. Listen in the car while you're doing dishes. I'm an avid, yes, audiobooks are books. Let's count them. Oh, for sure. There's nothing better than reading a physical book, but I've got two kids and I'm busy and I feel like I'm accomplishing something and finishing and reading while still listening. Yeah, it is probably for the best. I can't, (laughs) as I'm sure all the podcasters know, because I bring it up almost every time Lizzie had brought up audiobooks. (laughs) I just can't with audiobooks. They're for me. I love them. (laughs) I ADHD and I'll tune out and I'll have to backtrack to wherever the crap I stopped listening. (laughs) That's fair. It's not a good system. Sitting down and forcing myself to read is probably for the best. But yes, I'm totally for anybody figuring out what works best for them, whether it be a physical book or Kindle or audiobooks, whatever works, whatever genre works, whatever book works, that's all good. Just get people reading something. Yes. Consume book, please. That's the goal. So I will say something really cool about this was when I started reading it the whole time, I was like, wow, this is structured like an Agatha Christie book, which is kind of there's parts and then there's little chapters in each part that'll be either a page or five pages long, but it won't be very long at all. And it'll be these mini chapters in different parts of the story. And so I noticed that. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And then the twist at the end, which, by the way, I don't know if you're aware, I called the twist in Murder of Roger Ackroyd. I don't think you're ever going to read the book, so I don't mind spoiling it for you. Probably not, since I don't like thrillers. (laughs) But for anyone who hasn't read about the spoiler on Roger Ackroyd, I called that the narrator did it only because I was like, what's outlandish thing? I was looking for it. But reading this book, and getting to the end and it being Theo did it, I was totally caught off guard. I feel like with this twist, they didn't do enough setup. And I know they wanted to sucker punch you with the twist, but I feel like you got to have some kind of breadcrumbs coming. Yeah. I mean, other than the creepy vibe that most people probably got from Theo, I don't know. I did not trust him. And he had that weird vibe with his therapist. Yeah. The scene, oh, you need to let her go and you need to get better. And then he leaves and he's like, I'm going to ignore all of that. You don't want to work on making yourself better. Yeah. Let me go think about murdering him. Yeah, you got a point there. I forgot about the therapist. That was weird. So I guess she was good. I don't know. I would not be friends with any of these people. Oh, heck no. No, 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 no. They very much felt like co-workers. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some co-workers you tolerate and then some co-workers you hate and then some co-workers you're friends because you work together but if you ever not work together you probably wouldn't be friends. Because you're supposed to kind of root for Theo to find the answer answer. In as much as you want to know the answer. And so you're like, Theo, get the answer because I want it. Yeah. There were definitely things with Theo. As someone who already read it and looking back, I can definitely look back and be like, Theo, honey, stop. But as a person reading and wanting to know it myself, (laughs) I was like, yes, all for Theo figuring stuff out. People, call him back. Tell him things. That was crazy once you read and look back that he was calling all these people trying to get to the bottom. I think that worked as a twist because it seemed like he didn't know anything and wasn't trying to find out or feel about his own guilt or I'm not exactly sure what he was trying to do by doing this by calling the cousin and the art director and all of that it caught me off guard so much because he gave no hints that he was the one who was a part of this murder yeah and definitely looking back knowing what happened at the end he's a psychopath his motives are definitely sketch he feels a little bit like a narcissist like I can totally 
totally go in and fix things even though I'm the cause of the problem. I'm going to act like other people are the cause or something. That must be it. That's probably why I did not like his character. That narcissistic vibe because he was doing the white knight savior thing. Yeah. And a lot of narcissists do that or do the gaslighting kind of thing. And he does a little bit with Alicia, but mostly he does it with some of his co-workers. Is like, I'm the only one. And he goes behind everybody's backs and does the medicine and gives her paints and stuff and things he's not supposed to do. Yeah. And then he basically asks for forgiveness instead of permission. And Christian is definitely a sketch dude. He is not a good dude. If nothing else, he's what's wrong with some people in the medical field. Because I totally buy when Theo looks at Christian and is just like, you just keep people drugged forever thinking that's going to fix things. That definitely feels like what he was doing. He doesn't actually care about any of the patients. He's just like, and drugs. Just get the paycheck and drug them up. And probably just me picking up or projecting or some kind of thing. But the way he wanted to give them all drugs, just all the time drugs to make them docile. I think that's what made me uncomfortable with Christian. I did not think his intentions were good. Oh, yeah. And it's something that a lot of media picks up on because that's something that people have done in the past. But it is something that still happens today where some people go too far the other way with medication. I feel like all the co-workers were different philosophies for treating mental illness. And that was kind of cool. Yeah, I like that insight. But yeah, some of them I definitely disagree with more than others. Oh, no, I can see where their practice is going out of business. So let's talk about some of the specific events that happened. He gets there. He convinces the one dude, the Greek dude that I can't pronounce the name of. I literally didn't even write out his full name a lot of times in my <laughs> notes. I would just put like D. It's like Diomedes? Diomedes? I don't know. Diomedes? Yeah. So Theo convinces Diomedes to let him do one-on-one sessions with Alicia. And then the first session, she doesn't say anything. And she's also super drugged. So he convinces the director to have her go down on medication. After one session. And it looks like at first she's clearing up. She's not as hazy as she is. So maybe she'll be more receptive. And then the first day that Theo's doing this one-on-one session with her where she's not on drugs anymore, it's total silence until... At the end where he's like, I want to help you, Alicia, or something he said triggered her and she she attacks him. And then you come to find out this guy. There's a reason she's attacking him. That's exactly what he said to her on the night she killed her husband. Oh, that's a big moment. Oh my God. I did not put two and two together. Yeah. So she mentions it at the very end when she's still writing in the journal and she hides that part of the journal. But she mentions, I knew it was him as soon as he said that line. And that's why she attacked him because it was like, holy crap. You're my stalker. And he's still stalking her. He did a good job. I mean, (laughs) he took a couple years off, but he came back. I think that's a really creepy thing because he did all of that and ruined her life, basically. And then just sat and waited until he was ready to deal with it. Yeah. And then he's going to come back and be like, I'm going to help you. Like, you didn't cause this. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Definitely that narcissistic gaslighting for sure. Oh, my gosh. An an insane amount. But does he just think she's really stupid? and wouldn't recognize him? I just... (laughs) Well, and a lot of people think that he was just ready to be caught because he'd worked through whatever with his own therapist. Except he totally wasn't because anyway, but... I'm just saying what people online are saying (laughs) because I looked into some theories. Maybe subconsciously he was tired. I don't know. I stick by he legitimately thought he could make amends by helping her. I don't think he believed any of that. Or something, but it's just... That's insane. So 
frustrating. And then everyone's like, oh, are you okay? What happened? Clearly we need to up the medicine. And he's like, no, that outburst is clearly an example of communication. And it shows that she's trusting me. But looking back, oh, no, she remembers me. But looking at it straight when you don't know the end, that sounds stupid. Yeah, he's not a good doctor. No, for sure. And then looking back with the twist in mind, he sounds delusional. I mean, looking back at it, it feels like he was excited. He's like, no, she remembers. I can relive this again and take credit, kind of. I don't know. I'm wondering if it's just a subconscious thing. Like, that's just one of the things he says. Because we all have things that we say over and over again. And so I'm wondering if it's just his trademark or something. Oh, like the I want to help you. And then he was just so unaware that he said it before. Because the way he sounds when he reads the entire journal and she has the whole what really happened scene. And then he's like, "Mm, that's not what happened. You're lying to me. And so I feel like he's just delusional. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't know. That just came across so weird. Is that his character? Or is that like you were saying his subconscious? I don't know. Because there's also a parallel with the fiance, girlfriend. I don't know. Wife. I think they're married. They were both married. It was a double affair between Kathy and Gabriel. Yeah, where she didn't like marijuana, but he would secretly smoke it and stuff. Didn't expect her to catch him doing that. Or even when later on where he's like, oh, all I need to do is kill the guy and everything's perfect again between us. I don't know. A little delusional there. Well, and he was like, oh, Kathy's cheating on me, but I'm smoking. And I feel like, yes, you probably do do more drugs whenever you're in a situation like that. But he was kind of just brushing it off. It doesn't feel equal. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I'm smoking and I'm being rebellious against her. Okay, not on the same level. Yeah. But his seemed spiteful. But at the same time, the delusion, like we have this perfect relationship without this other dude, when in reality, you see little things like he really likes to smoke and she doesn't like it and stuff like that, where it's like, no, you're not actually a match. You've just deluded yourself that this is the perfect woman. It feels like r slash nice guy. Yeah. The level of delusion that he has about Kathy. And then he goes on to have about Alicia, even though there aren't sexual feelings there. It's the same kind of delusion of everything's perfect all the time. Well, and he's a psychotherapist. And so he craves the interesting, I think. And so Kathy was an actress. She was so interesting and he thought she was fun, but then he wanted to control her and her to be more on his level. But because she wasn't into the drugs, she had her own life apart from him, excluding the cheating, which I mean, is what it is. But she had her theater friends. She had her plays that she was in. She was living a life without him. Yeah. And you look back and you're like, what did he have outside Kathy? He had his therapist he went to, that old lady. He didn't do anything. Yeah. But by that point, he had stopped going to her. So it was during the relationship with Kathy. When we have his little vignettes and stuff, he doesn't have anybody but Kathy. Yeah. Because you're right. She had her friends. She has the guy she's cheating on. She has the friends from far away, the theater friends. She has a bunch of people. And he tries to brush it off like, oh, she's really social and I'm just a homebody. But you got to have a support system, man. He definitely had time to stalk her. Now, he did that with Alicia too. Well, she already was secluded. He tried to seclude Kathy and get her away so that he would be the most important thing in her life. And he clearly wasn't. And so that's why I think their relationship was always going to be doomed. Because even whenever they go to little parties or something in the beginning of their relationship, it still was, oh, she's a social butterfly. She's doing all of this. And he hated it and resented her for it. With Alicia, she literally couldn't leave. And so it was a captive audience. And I think that's part of why he was even more upset. 
obsessed with her. I feel like he thought that they would be on the same page because they both got cheated on with the other person's other half. Yeah. What he did was just wrong on so many levels, but he thought he had freed her. He thought he had saved her from this horrible, manipulative person and she was going to see the light and know that even though he wasn't sticking around with her, he thought he had done this great thing and it was psychotic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. But he does. He projects so much of his and Kathy's relationship with Alicia and her husband because even in some of the sessions, he's like, oh, my wife, sometimes I love her, sometimes I hate her. I bet that's how your relationship was. And Alicia disagrees very smallly by shaking her head and stuff. And he just projects his own emotions onto other people. Yeah. Maybe instead of narcissists, we should be going down sociopath levels. It's something. I'm not sure what he is. I could not diagnose him properly, but there's something wrong with this guy. Truth. This is definitely armchair psychology. (laughs) But there is something wrong with his empathy. He projects a lot onto other people. He tries to control people and obsesses over them to a really unhealthy level. If this wasn't a mystery book, it would be very concerning. Imagine if this is a romance book. That would be so concerning. (laughs) All of this. Well, and I was a little bit afraid that they were going to try and force a relationship. I was so worried about that. Just from reading the back cover. Because you know, whenever they don't speak or something tragic like that, and then you know at some point that they're gonna, I was like really afraid she was gonna fall in love with him. And I mean, that's before I knew anything. I was worried he was supposed to fall in love with her. When Christian was like, oh, she's just trying to attract you. I was really honestly worried he would fall in love with her. Yeah, there were some little hints that that might be happening, but it was more of the obsession and we're so used to seeing it as love because you didn't feel anything from Alicia, but you definitely felt the way that he would talk about her and it was not love, but he thought about her all the time. Yeah. And poor Alicia has had this happen to her once already with her husband's brother, his obsession with her. I am worried about his new wife. Legitimately worried. He's a lawyer and she is his assistant and then they got married. At the power dynamic. But when Theo tries to talk to him, the wife seems scared of the dude. Because she knows. She knows something happened. Even if she can't admit it to herself, women know. He has a terrible temper and she knows it and he could theoretically ruin her. It's just, it's very scary. I think that one's scary. And then, sorry, I'm looking through my notes. And then when she confronts Gabriel about not only assaulting her, which is great, thanks, but when she's like, hey, you're doing this to me, when she thought he was the stalker and stuff, that is the one person I was like, I could believe this, but I don't think he would do something that indirect, you know? Because at first she thought that was him following her because he was obsessed with her. But like I said, I feel like that's too indirect for him. And so that's the only reason I didn't think the brother was the guy stalking her. And when he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I believed him is because that was so indirect to just follow her around. Yeah. And if he wanted to do something to get back at her, he could claim she came on to him to her brother or something like that. Oh, yeah. Gabriel definitely would believe that because he's a piece of work. But and then there was the art dude that you mentioned. And I didn't think it would be him. I thought he was the stalker. Did you? I really did. I knew the brother was bad news because of the assault and stuff, but I had more of a, he was gonna talk to Gabriel about it and try and with his words or some kind of something. Like you were saying, I thought it was too sneaky to be stalking, but the art director I thought was doing it. And I mean, I don't even know where I got this or why I was feeling this when I was listening to it, but because of the way it was like, oh, famous people when they do works are worth so much 
much more after you're dead or after something tragic happens to you. Everything sells better after something. I don't know if he was going to attack her or not. Maybe he might have if it had been him, which it was not. Spoilers. But I felt that it was the art director just because he could make so much more money or if she felt scared enough, maybe reflect into her art. Like inspire her? Yes. I don't think he was going to ever kill her when I thought it was him. And obviously, we know at the very beginning that Gabriel's the one who's murdered. So whenever they bring up a stalker, it's like, oh, the person was stalking Alicia, not Gabriel. How does he end up dead? That little disconnect took a minute to work through. I don't know. I felt like if it was him, he would do gaslighty things. Because did he have a key? Or did he just seriously just walk into her studio one day? I can't remember. Anyway, I just felt like he had too much personal access to him and too little boundaries to be sneaking around around. I feel like if he was going to do something, he would do like Gaslight, the movie where he moves stuff around to make her think she was going crazy instead of just being this weird stocky man. I don't know. I could not figure out who it was. I still stand by it. And maybe people in the comments or whatever will tell us their theories. But I thought it was the art dude. I did. For the fame, for the accolades. Not a, I don't know. Whatever the other word is. I mean, he definitely got a lot of attention when she was on trial and stuff and everyone going to see her artwork, but I don't know. And he had all her supplies. It started too mildly. I thought he would do something for the flair dramatic. I mean, if he had been the one to tie up the husband and say, hey, shoot him. Pretty dramatic. Fair. Fair. It just wasn't the art director. But it started too chilly, I guess. He felt like he had really bad boundaries with Alicia. And that was one of her problems she had with him is he didn't respect her boundaries. So I don't know why he would start respecting her boundaries then by hanging out by the bus stop for a little bit and following her on the park at a distance. No, perfect stalker behavior. The no boundaries. He wants more of her, but it wasn't him. So I guess no point in talking about it. <laughs> True. He was awesome, but we also find out he's trash so he was not it yeah he's just trash in a different way i love how okay moving on a little bit in the book i love how every time theo gets told hey stop doing this he's like okay and then goes and does more stuff immediately does it he does it even worse there was the time dionysus calls him and he's like hey you were reaching out to family and stuff you need to stop and theo's like of course i'll totally stop and then the beginning of the next chapter he goes and sees paul he's at the house no Oh my gosh. Talk about no boundaries. This guy. I will say he goes on this really weird diatribe on the way to the house before he even meets Paul and Paul knocks him out and all that. But he has this diatribe where he acts like mental health issues don't exist and that the only people that can abuse others have been abused themselves. Oh my god. That's the only way someone could ever be abusive is if somebody else abused them. Yeah. He's a bad doctor. (laughs) I stand by that. Yes. Home life definitely matters, but there are people with a perfectly happy home life that was just are bad to other people. And I didn't like that. Well, and plus on the other hand, all the people who have a bad childhood and still are fine and don't abuse people. Yeah. Not like, oh, they become cops or firefighters or somebody to be rescuing and saving people, but they just live their lives having been abused. Yeah, they break the cycle. They're like, this is not how I'm going to live. Yeah, I think you're right. It also takes away that just because you have a bad home life. It doesn't entitle you to do it. Yeah. But yeah, so he just went on this rant where he was like, I have to find the truth of her past because that's the only way she could have turned out like this. And it was just 
Didn't like that. But then Paul knocks him out, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I guess Paul's the only good man in the whole thing. But he also was such a mama's boy. He was stunted. He, okay, yeah, he gave me Bates vibes. Mm, like Norman Bates and his mom. Yeah. Just how his mom's this terrible person, but he's just under her thumb and stuff. That kind of terrible relationship, kind of covert incest kind of relationship where it's not sexual, but she treats him like her partner. Yeah, emotional incest, yeah. Yeah, it was very yikes. That whole situation was very yikes. Yeah, I never really thought it was Paul as the stalker. No, I didn't either. Because Theo tried to think of who it could be and he kind of in his head went through it, even though it was him the whole time. How do you compartmentalize that? How are you this stalker? How are you this person? And then also trying to find out who it is. How do you do that in your mind? Uh, Yes, I know that's, yeah, that gets me. He so thoroughly went into her background. Because the twist is fun but and I wonder if like I said he was projecting again where he was like oh I had an abusive father so clearly she had to mess it up family life long before I did anything so that's clearly what's messed her up in this well and a little bit of it I kind of wonder if he was wanting to kill Kathy how Alicia ended up killing her husband if maybe he was just trying to see if she hadn't been silent at the trial and afterwards if he maybe might have done it I don't know but because he sees so much of himself in Alicia if maybe he was like I don't know (laughs) it's so hard with books like this because literally anything could be anything true like one single line could mean so much so much or it could mean nothing or it could mean nothing yes I'm twirling down again I'm finally remembering what was up with Paul he was a gambler I didn't think Paul ever did it at no point I was like oh Paul did it but I was worried that he owed 20,000 in gambling debts to the quote unquote wrong people per usual and she gave him $2,000 and so I was really worried that Paul somehow was like, oh, she has your money or something. And then they were going after her. That was my theory for a while. Oh, I mean, I could see that. It wasn't where my mind jumped. But now that you're mentioning it, it could have been. But I feel like if it was loan shark dudes, they definitely would not be stalking her. They would go to her door, maybe break in, do some kind of something. Or, you know, how on TV are always like, oh, we'll break your fingers or your brother or your husband or whoever. Yeah, because she clearly has money where Paul has nothing. Yeah. Even if Paul was the one scared and bringing them there, I feel like the stalker narrative doesn't quite fit. I mean, I'm basing it off TV and loan sharks. (laughs) The whole book, The Silent Patient, is all about this play in Greek mythology. Aclistis? Alcestis? A-L-C-E-S-T-I-S. Alcestis? No, that's wrong. I don't know. They said it. I'm looking at the little how to pronounce it guy and it is Greek. I don't recognize some of those symbols, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, the whole point of the play is there's this dude and he's dying and it's named after the wife of this dude. This dude's supposed to be the one that dies and if he can find someone to take his place, he won't die. And so he tries to find people and he can't and so his wife eventually sacrifices herself. He's like, I'll do it and then he accepts it, which, bruh. Yeah. And then because because the wife is so great and whatever, Hercules, who's an, I think an old friend with the husband, goes down into Hades and takes the soul of the 
wife and brings her back to the body. If you remember that from Hercules when it was Megara, no, that wasn't her. It's not their story. Their story is very sad. But that's what that is based on. So when she comes back to life, the play kind of ends with, oh, yay, you're back. I'm so glad you're back from the husband. And then she doesn't say anything ever again to him because she's so mad. And so I kept getting confused why Dionysus and Theo, every time they talk to each other, they'd be like, well, clearly we need to bring her back to life. And I'm just like, she stopped talking when she came back to life. She's already alive and not talking. That's not how the play ended. Did you guys seriously not play attention? And they act like they have such great insight. And so they're like, well, what killed Alicia? We need to figure out what killed her so we can bring her back to life. And it was just, oof. Yeah, men are stupid. <laughs> the end. Men are stupid and I don't respect them. Yes, that. Oh my gosh. What is that? Is that a Vine or a TikTok? I don't even know at this point. Um, TikTok, I'm sure. So Theo goes on this weird chase to figure out what killed Alicia. And he eventually decides that at some point she and Paul were on the roof and their parents were talking like the dad and the aunt and the dad was like, well, I don't love her and I hate her. And then Alicia's like, well, that killed me. And then Theo has decided that that is what killed Alicia. I'm sure murdering her husband killed her more. Yeah, I I didn't understand that either. He was like, no, she's broken. Her daddy doesn't love her. She's broken. She's dead now. See, that's the problem. Her dad didn't love her. It wasn't the fact that I put her through psychological torture. Nah, not that. No. God, I hate Theo. (laughs) I don't think for an instant I was sympathetic or rooting for this guy. He was kind of mean to his therapist or at least not paying attention to her and valuing her skills. I just wanted him to dump Kathy and move on with his life. But he just kept not. And I was like, dude, it's getting really hard to care about you when you're just doing this to yourself. The whole time. And then at the end, they're like, oh no, he is the one who was stalking Alicia and tied her up and tied up her husband. Although I do have to say the kick at the end about giving Gabriel the choice to kill his wife and live. I'd be mad. Honestly, might also kill somebody if they said they wanted me dead so they could live. I can't get over as a psychotherapist. That is literally psychological torture that he did to both of them. That was yeah. (laughs) So he does this and basically does the entire play. I don't know if he had not seen the play at this point, but I'm just like, how did you not understand the play? You basically acted out what the play is. Person that's like, hey, you're gonna die or you can kill your wife. And then the husband's like, yeah, kill my wife. Why are you confused why she's not talking? Well, and that's the thing that's really bothersome because if it's from Gabriel's point of view, did he expect to say this, to say no, kill my wife, save me, and her forgive him? Well, I think the point at the end, he's like, oh, I did you a huge favor. I just wanted to point out to her that he doesn't care about her like she thinks he does. And I'm just like, you could have just been like, hey, he's cheating on you (laughs) with my wife. Yeah, I didn't have to bring a gun into the mix. Come on. You could have let her made her own decisions by that point. But he was like so convinced. I have to convince her. I have to show her he doesn't care. That felt like our slash nice guy. Where he's like, oh, woman, you can't possibly understand and make your own decisions. I have to show you. That was really creepy. But if he was wanting to do that, to just show her, to let her know that Gabriel didn't love her, he could have been like, hey, meet me at the park. You're 
husband has sex with my wife all the time in these woods. Come on, see you for your own eyes. Yeah, literally, you could have walked up to her and been like, hey, here's some pictures of your husband. Sorry about that. I thought you should know. And then he could have left. <laughs> Anything. Didn't have to tie everybody up, bring a gun, threaten to shoot people. Start stalking her all the time. Which, granted, I will say this, Gabriel is not one of my favorite persons because she's like, hey, I'm seeing people. Oh my gosh, he just disappeared. And he's just like, oh, he belittles her so much. Honey, you're crazy. And walks off and I'm like, even if she was, please get her to see someone? Why is that your gut reaction? Ugh, woman, you're crazy. Walk off. I think that's why I didn't suspect the brother at all, because all he had to do was tell Gabriel that, no, it was in her head. I didn't do anything to her. I didn't assault her, nothing. And Gabriel would have 100% believed him. Yeah. He would not have had to stalk her at all to do no work. Just one little phrase. Uh, it's in her head. And it would have dismissed anything she said. Because Gabriel doesn't believe her when she says anything. Yeah, he can be very patronizing. And eventually he's like, hey, you should get help from my buddy. Off the record, under the table. (sighs) I know him personally. There's so many things about Gabriel where I'm like, honey, like I know you have happy times, but... Well, he ends up murdered, so I, I I don't think that's proportionate, but I guess that's poetic justice, question mark? I think if Alicia hadn't ended up in the coma or dies, I'm not quite sure exactly what happens to her at the end. I think for sure the coma, because she gets crazy drugs. So she goes into a coma, and then Theo tries to poison her, and I think she does die, but she manages to hide her journal, so police officers are able to find it again and then realize it's Theo. The last middle finger to him. Here, I got you. You think you silenced me. So I guess the poetic justice on that, him silencing her for the last time, but her still using her words in the journal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I like that. I wanted her to live and be set free, even though she was a murderer. And I wanted her to have a happy life. (laughs) (laughs) Even though she did it. She did it. Like in the end, you find out, yep, that was her. Yeah. Because the whole time I was trying to figure it out to get her to go free. No. No, she did it. She did it. What if the body wasn't Gabriel and it was someone else and this was all this ploy by Gabriel? And That could have happened, though. I really went out there trying to think of ways that Alicia would be innocent. And at the end, they're like, no, she did it. And then you find out freaking Christian was <laughs> Gabriel's off-the-record friend who was like, yeah, you're just crazy. Go home. Here's meds. The sketchiest dude in this book. And then he has the goal to treat her at the forensics unit like she She's crazy. She has BPD. She's trying to attract you. You were the one who started that. I don't like Christian. I hate Theo and I hate Christian. Fair. Everybody at that practice, dead to me. It's so gone. Bye. Now that I know Dionysus is actually not guilty, I'm okay with him. Still not a great doctor. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be running a practice, but I can at least appreciate things with them. But it was just when I found that out, I was so mad. And of course, Theo's mad. Theo, honey, what you did was worse. <laughs> well, and theoretically, because there was one hole in the ceiling and then he was shot like five times. However many, she used them all up. But technically, to get her off, they could have said that she shot into the air 
which is why she has gun residue. And then somebody else had shot the other bullets into the body. And it's such a stretch. And I don't know how you would even have mapped that out. But I was like, no, this innocent little angel who murdered her husband needs to be set free. I know we were both trying so hard. Two things can be true. She could have done it and it's not her fault. Yeah. Him being tied up and being murdered, she definitely did it and he stood no chance. So mm, not so innocent, but... <laughs> it wasn't her fault. Yeah. Because obviously, if we're going to parallel it, that moment is what quote unquote killed her or killed the morality inside or the love. I don't know. It changed her as a person, obviously. But what had happened was as a baby, Alicia and her mom were in a car wreck and the mom died, but Alicia stayed alive. And then at some point, the father was like, oh, I wish Alicia died instead of my wife. And Alicia's like, yep, that's when he killed me. And then Theo has this really lame idea where he's like, obviously. Obviously, Gabriel took the father's place in Alicia's mind and that's why she killed him because she was getting her vengeance against her father by killing Gabriel. And I even wrote in my notes, I was like, I'm going to be very disappointed if that's true. No, I hate that. It goes back to the links he went through to be like, it's not my fault. Because he knew exactly why she shot him. But he's over there like, oh, it's because he took her place in it. Uh, duh. That's why it is. No, it's because she was being stalked and somebody came into her house, tied them up, threatened her life. She found out her husband was not worth anything because he was a cheater and also didn't care if she died. And she got mad. It was a snap decision. Yeah. I feel like maybe warranted. But it wasn't because of her dad not loving her. There's a lot. I think you're going in the wrong direction, Doc. And then it gets confusing because at this point, canonically, Alicia knows it's him, but she's painted this picture of a fire house and then her leaving with Theo carrying her and even Theo doesn't know if he's about to throw her in it or he's taking her away from it. Still weird but that's what she's decided to paint and then she gave the journal to Theo and he read it and then she starts talking to him and she's like okay I'm gonna tell my story Why give him the satisfaction? Why not tell the police that he's here? Like maybe she was still afraid that since he stalked her this much she would never get away? Oh my gosh how terrifying would that be? Six years later you're dealing with this mentally. You're thoroughly drugged, I'm sure. And the stalker man who like ruined your life and broke your psyche just walks through the door like, I'm here to help you. Well, I mean, and she has to know that nobody else is gonna listen to her because none of the men in her life ever did. Or the women, frankly. Well, I mean, yeah. Because Barbie had been told she had a stalker too and nothing. Like the neighbor did nothing about that. Honestly, I kind of liked Barbie. I know she was a huge California stereotype, but... I did didn't hate her. She at least talked to Alicia and I know she was overly friendly to Alicia and talked so much about herself but she believed Alicia when she was like hey I think I'm being stopped. Barbie was like on it. We're doing something about this. Yeah. She did try. And she actually still goes and sees Alicia in the place. Yeah just to talk because she's talking but you know how many people would not continue to go years later? Yeah like John Felix or anybody. There's a bunch of stuff happening crazy things happen. Alicia stabs one of the other patients who's kind of terrible. She's just very mean and stuff. She likes being cruel to people. I don't know. But she stabs someone and then there's this whole thing about money and Dionysus being suspicious and Yuri being suspicious and Christian being suspicious. And then eventually in all of this Alicia decides to tell her side of the story. And so she tells what happened that night for the first time. And so you get through this whole thing 
about what happened. And then you find out she's lying also. Yeah, and then you get to the end and Theo's like, that's not what happened. Yeah. And so that's been the first time because up until this point, he believed everything she said. So that was kind of surprising. I also was like, okay, something's wrong. We're missing something. But he was just like straight up, that's not what happened. I don't believe you. You're missing this, 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 and this from the court report or whatever, or from his personal memory, frankly. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't believe her. So she takes the journal back at this point and you find out later she continues to write in it and stuff and she hides it in her painting. I'm not sure how, because unless the back of the canvas was covered somehow, I don't know. Anyway, so she hides it, but then she gets attacked. Someone gives her a shot of stuff she should not be getting or something happens and she ends up in a coma, basically. She had to know that he was coming for her after she told the not truth about what had happened. Well, she had a feeling right as she saw him. She's like, I know it's him. That's him. Why is he here? Holy crap. And then she starts writing about all her efforts to not get away from him, but lead him on to be like, leave me alone. (laughs) How do I get you to leave and not be here anymore? So I kind of understand why she started talking to him. She's like, I just need to tell him what he wants to hear and he'll leave or something. Probably at that point, she'd rather be in jail than there. Oh, for sure. While she's in a coma, somebody somebody, quote unquote. Yeah, who could that be? Shoots her with something that ends up killing her. And so Theo immediately accuses Christian. You had this relationship with her before this that you never disclosed and you're really creepy and all of this and that and the other. So the police are like, yep, it's totally you. You did it. You're trying to kill her. And then he goes home. And for the first time you realize this book isn't written in chronological order. That's the big twist at the end. All the Theo parts that have been happening at home were from years ago. Six years ago, yeah. And so at the very end, you get to Theo goes to Kathy's lover's house and sits outside the house thinking about what to do. And then he sees Alicia and he follows her around the park and stuff. And things start adding up to what Alicia said happened to her. He says he was doing to this woman. And I still wasn't like, oh my gosh, I figured it out. I thought Theo was about to do this with another person. I was like, holy crap, you're doing exactly what happened to Alicia to somebody else he got the blueprints from her and is like no this will work yeah and then he goes into the house and they turn around and it's like and it was Alicia and I was like oh crap it's a big moment you did it this is not chronological order this was years ago and then he goes home for real actually in this time and they're both so unhappy they moved into Theo's childhood home because he wanted to and it's so far away from the city and so she's thoroughly depressed but Theo's being so controlling over her getting help for that depression it's just so creepy and controlling <laughs> anyway, and so he's at home and whatever, and then the chief inspector shows up, and he's really friendly, and he mentions John Felix, and he's like, yeah, talking to John Felix, you know, whatever. Oh, by the way, we found a diary wedged into the fire painting, and Theo's realizing, holy crap, I've been caught. And so the book ends and it's starting to snow and he reaches out the window and trying to catch snowflakes and they keep melting into his hand. I think that's pretty poetic. It felt like what he's always been trying to do. He tried to get the attention of his father. He tried to get the attention of Kathy instead of stopping and moving on. He just kept after these weird pursuits that he thought would make him happy, but they're just snowflakes in your hand. And I thought that was a good metaphor. The unattainable dream or person or insert whatever. 
Yeah. I feel that. I did not catch that when I was listening to it, but <laughs> it's a pretty idea. It's cute. Yeah. He has a lot of symbolism in the small things. Like Diomedes keeps insisting that it's going to snow throughout the entire book. He's like, I can feel it in my bones. It's the Greek in me or something like that. And every time he says it, it's going to rain. I feel like that's a good analogy of Dionysus's personality. Yeah. Because every time he has an idea, he's like, this is going to work. It just gets worse. Yeah. Having Alicia come to the forensic unit and then not being able to help her and then hiring Theo and giving him private access to her and so many things Diomedes did. It was just, mm. I a little bit think that Diomedes didn't exist and it was just Theo. <laughs> I mean, obviously he did because he interacted with some other characters. Well, he had to exist because he actually had to run the facility. And he was an expert witness in the trial itself to get her not in jail and instead sent to a psych unit. I think it's anytime an author gives somebody a fantastical name that does not belong... in the book that they're in. I don't think they're real. I think they're made up by another character and it's happened in other books, not just this one, not just in thriller books and movies and stuff. It just, your name doesn't fit with the story. And I know sometimes authors will try and be creative and symbolism and that kind of thing, but it, I don't know. He didn't feel real to me. <laughs> I like it. This entire book, you're like, you don't exist. <laughs> he doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, because who kept telling him he was allowed to do stuff or he got in trouble, but not really in trouble. And I don't know. I just imagine Theo going rogue and the only person there to stop him is the person doing the books in Yuri. <laughs> Truth. It would make a different book, but it was not what had happened. So. <laughs> so general thoughts. I really enjoyed it. I read this book in three days and that's really fast for me. Oh yeah. I think this is like 320 pages or something. It's a good size novel and I read it in like three days because I just could not put it down. I had to know. Oh yeah. I did enjoy it. It's not my usual genre. It was a little harder for me to accept some of it, but it was about a seven hour read. Took a couple days. Once it got about halfway to the middle, it really picked up the pace. And then from that point on, I think I listened to it in one day. I finished it, but just starting it, it took me a couple days to get into it. I think the parts and then the shorter chapters made my ADHD feel good because it's like you read two pages and you're on a new chapter. You feel accomplished. Yeah, let's keep going. Versus when it's 30 page chapters and you finally make it to another chapter, you're like, oh, thank goodness. We did it. We're there. We got it. So I like the structure a lot. Well, and it's got great reviews. It's only been out since 2019. Yeah, and it was number one New York Times bestseller straight up. I'm pretty sure he's a new author. So that was his debut novel. That's pretty good. Well, and did you see they're picking it up to make it a movie? Are they? They are. Or at least that's what I Googled this morning. I don't know whether to be excited or concerned. (laughs) Well, still might be a couple of years before it actually comes out. Isn't that worse? Yeah. Because when the hype is there, that's when you've got to make it. I've been burned so many times on book adaptations. We're both totally not excited for the uglies at this point. (laughs) There might be a movie. Oh. (laughs) All right. One question for the author. Is he okay? I want to know how he came up with this story. I worry about Alex. Because he started off so high or? No. To be able to write this and none of the characters be likable. Does he have any friends? (laughs) I'm worried about him. Maybe he's just a good author. (laughs) You're too good at this. I'm concerned. Yeah. Who hurts you that you think that everyone in the world is hurting as bad as this?
this that they'll just instantly be like, not nah, murder. You know how some actors method act? I feel like he method wrote. He method writes. He had a perspective. He knew he was writing as the villain. And so he was trying to make this this story make sense from the villain's perspective. I mean, he did a great job. I was sketched out by Theo the whole time. I mean, I did not think he was the stalker and part of the murder or whatever, but I definitely was like, yeah, this dude is up to something with Alicia. So I've done some research and I know he was inspired by Agatha Christie, which I am not surprised about. That's the one of the things I really liked it. It is a lot like Agatha Christie and the plot twist at the end that the narrator did it is a very Agatha Christie. I mean, she's done it before, but the way he went about it, it's a very Agatha Christie reveal. And then he said he saw the play and kind of like Alicia got inspired by it. And so he was trying to figure out this novel to write where it's about the play. No, the more he brought up the play, the more I kind of thought that that was going to be the plot of what was happening, especially because we didn't know why she killed him. Technically, yes. Because they'd asked Gabriel to die. And the weird way that they had phrased it was like, oh, either you die or she dies. And he's like, oh, no, she dies. I'm gonna live was very the plot of this play. (laughs) Yeah, I totally see how he was inspired by the play. And he's like, how can I make this modern day? But in the thing, she sacrificed herself in the Greek mythology before we found out the big twist. I was like, well, maybe Gabriel took one for the team. A murderer came in and made them choose. And he was like, no, I'm gonna do it. I love my wife, even though I'm a cheater. And then that was not the case. And so the few little brownie points I'd given him in my head, no. You were trying so hard for Alicia not to have done it. I was trying so hard. I was the same way. I was like, I like Alicia. I just didn't want her to be the murderer. Even though it was very stated she was the murderer. And the more we got to know her, her life kind of sucked. (laughs) She was surrounded by a lot of people taking advantage of her and that kind of sucks. She could have killed everybody. She could have gone on a spree. I think I still probably would have had the same respect for her that I still do. (laughs) Could have taken out the brother. Could have taken out anybody. Yeah. I guess I'm not so much how do you come up with a plot, but more I want to know when he decided in the writing process that he was writing as the villain. Did he go in being like, I want to write from the villain's point of view? Or did he do a first draft and be like, you know, it would be a good twist. I'd like to learn more about when the villain perspective came in. We're about to read The Maidens by him too. So hopefully he will not make me hate every character that is in his book. Because I hate them all from this one. I don't know. It's very very different plot wise. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we'll find out. I mean, I do like his writing style. It definitely flows easily and he's concise with his words. Yeah, you can get lost in it pretty easily. Yeah. There's a lot of emotional language. Well, and especially when they describe like the paintings and whenever Alicia is doing her stuff because she's more of the artist, you could definitely tell that he was psychoanalyzing everything and she was feeling things. Yeah, I did like the different tones of their writing styles. And I like that because not every author can... I guess Theo's mentally thinking style versus writing styles. Yeah, I really like that. Writing. So if I was going to rate this, I would probably give it seeing a Greek tragedy out of 10. You go in expecting it to be sad, but at the end, you're just sadder than you thought you were going to be. I feel like that's how I left the book. I was like, oh my gosh, this totally happened. But at the end, Alicia dies and this dude gets caught and everything's 
just bad. Christian's in trouble, but John Philippe still has all her artwork. I was sad. I feel that. I will give it a checked into a mental hospital and then ended up dying out of 10 because you go in expecting the book to be one thing and it kind of is, but then in the end, there's no happy endings. Not really. No. And it's all dead and they're all dead. Everyone's dead or living and terrible. Or should be dead. Dead to me. They're dead to me. They're dead to me. You're dead to me. Yeah, as the reader. Fair enough. Close the book. They're dead. It's all good. <laughs> the end. Would you read it again? I would. I thought it was a fun time. Especially since now that I've read it through and I know the twist ending, I kind of want to read it again to see what clues that were left. Because we talked about a couple where we're like, hmm. But I'm sure there's other ones we just did not pick up on because we didn't know who did it. Well, and I would like to see a switch format. Me physically read the book and you audiobook it. And I know your ADHD makes it hard or whatever, but it's a completely different experience. And I feel like reading the book over and over or listening to it over and over, I feel like you catch the same things. Yeah. Knowing the twist, obviously you'll see a couple things differently through new eyes, but that's an interesting thought to me. Yeah. Because is it how the narrator was speaking to me that was giving it off vibes? Or if I read it, would I still feel as hateful towards Theo the whole book? Or would I have maybe breezed over stuff? Yeah. But I mean, a year from now, us rereading it, give it some time to space. I mean, I feel like if we went back now, yes, you would hate Theo no matter what. Let us forget a couple details kind of thing. Yeah. I might try physically reading this one again or next time. Thank you for exploring The Silent Patient with us. I'm Sam Reiner. And I'm Danielle. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time. Escape With Me Book Club is a Lunar Skulk production. Check us out on TikTok or Instagram or keep up to date with us. Lunar underscore S-K-U-L-K.